Welcome back to another episode of Exploring Chiropractic. I'm Nathan Cashin. This episode, we get to talk with a student named Max Gregor-Smith, who's a third year at Barcelona Chiropractic College. I'm so excited to be talk to, talking to someone in Spain. In this episode, we talk about Barcelona, which is a relatively young school. The first class will graduate this year, 2014. We'll talk about how their campus is joined together with facilities from another university, how accreditation is working in Spain, and what it's like being a student at a bilingual university. I hope you enjoy. And we're live again. This is Exploring Chiropractic, the podcast for chiropractic and pre-chiropractic students. I'm Nathan Cashin, the host, and joining me today, all the way from Barcelona, Spain, I'm excited to introduce Max Greger. How are you doing, Max? I'm doing pretty good. Thank you, Nathan. Thank you so much for getting in touch and wanting to share about your school, Barcelona College of Chiropractic. Thank you. No, thank you for contact. Uh, thank you for letting me do this as well. It's been, it looks like it'll be great. I'm really excited. I pulled out my old Barcelona t-shirt. <laughs> I, is the is the team in good standing? No, yeah. Well, yeah, it was a bit better one or two years ago, but it's still doing good, so it's fine. All right. <laughs> I don't want to have to take it off in the middle if you're angry at the team or anything. We're, no, no. I'm here in Portland, and we're in the middle of the NBA playoffs, and the Portland Trailblazers have been doing really well this season and now they're in the I think the semifinals of playoffs and they're just losing every game by 20 points so I think a lot of people are kind of upset yeah. uh, you're in Barcelona and I didn't know for the longest time that there was a school in Barcelona uh, and probably for good reason it's fairly new yeah well it's um it's five years old right now so we actually haven't had a graduating class it's quite exciting right now because our first graduating class is about to graduate in the next month. So that'll be definitely an interesting time for the school and as well for chiropractic in Spain because it, chiropractic in Spain is also fairly new. So it'll be an interesting, it's a, it's a time of huge growth and it's very interesting for chiropractic. The school started in 2009 and it was kind of a collaboration mm -hmm. from a couple of other universities. How did that work? Well, I think it originally started, and the story that I've heard is it started through just basically 15 chiropractors that sat down together and decided that there needed to be um, more schools in Europe because they're just there's just a shortage of chiropractors over here in general. I mean, if we look at Spain right now, there's around 250 chiropractors for a population of close to 50 million so there's definitely a need over here for chiropractors and um and that's what i think they were trying to achieve as well as bringing in some more of the um different types of chiropractic because it's quite a quite a philosophically based school as well so is it okay that's yeah. interesting to hear i always like to just get a feel kind of on that spectrum if it's more philosophy or science based so they do i i did notice on the web page uh some photos, and they had one that said uh, something about chiropractic, and it emphasized the tick, and that usually is an indication that they're uh, yeah. they focus a little more on the philosophy. Well, yeah, I would say I would say they focus pretty heavily on the um, 
on all three, the art, the science and the philosophy. I, I don't think I don't think they tend to polarize the difference between philosophy and science because you can't really have one without the other in a certain way. So I think they encourage you to sort of study the philosophy of science and the science of philosophy in a, in a different kind of way. So it's, it's <clears throat> quite interesting. And um, the school is also very strong on the arts. It's something that they emphasize from the first year you start palpating. I don't know how it works in your school, but uh, well, other schools in America, but you, you get two and a half years of clinic time, which I think is above the normal amount. Yeah, it seems that it is. And I noticed on the webpage, they, no, they mentioned a few times that in the early years, there's a lot of observation, that the students are observing chiropractors treating patients. Is that how it works? Yeah, that's correct. Um, I was in, when I was in my first year, I, I, I was in the clinic and I observed sort of like your mentor and when he works in the clinic and then you have to write down what you see, how you think he could improve, what he could do better. And it, I did learn quite a lot like that, actually, because I, I was observing their interactions and I saw some good things and some bad things. So, uh, it helped me out. And then in the second year, you do it again and you do different. It's a, it's a form of personal development in, that prepares you for the clinic. Yeah. That's pretty interesting. You're taking, you're taking uh, chart notes and kind of doing your own history as the doctor is doing it as well. Yeah. You're, well, you're just standing in the corner and you have to wear the clinic uniform and you're just standing there and just observing away. Of course you have to get uh, practice member consent, but um, yeah. That's pretty awesome that you start that so early. I think in general, that's kind of halfway through the program in the States. Uh, there's definitely, you can shadow, you can go into the clinic earlier, um, but to be that a little more active like that, that's neat that you do it so early. Mm. The school is also bilingual and being in Spain, you're yeah. going to be speaking Spanish, but there's, a, I get the feeling that there's a lot of international students. Of course, uh, you're not, you weren't born in Spain, I don't think. No, <laughs> no yeah. Well, I, I was born in England and then I moved to Spain when I was 12 and I studied in middle school and high school here. So fortunately, I, I was fluent in Spanish before I came here and I actually lived in uh, Russia for a while, for a year, and then I lived in America as well for four years. I did my undergraduate at Mississippi State. I used to play a lot of tennis, so I uh, I did a, I did a scholarship thing over there and played for the school, and then I came back here. I was going to actually study chiropractic in the States, and then I came back here for the summer to visit my family, and I ended up staying here instead. I wanted to stay. Was it your experience in tennis that led you into chiropractic? Yes, it was actually. Um, I used to I used to travel. I used to be on the tour, so I was traveling around, and we had uh, as part of the team we had to go and see the chiropractor and make sure it was more about prevention with the chiropractor. He was expected to keep us healthy so that we could keep training to our utmost performance. So that was a it was, a, it was probably a slightly different way that I got into it, but it was also a very nice way for me to get into it as well because I I could see from early on stage that chiropractic can do a lot more than just treat the the symptoms. It can actually increase your wellness as well. So that was a, a great point. I definitely uh, was what really interested me in chiropractic as well as the is getting beyond beyond getting out of pain. 
but actually getting to where you're you're functioning better, you're moving better, you're performing in sports at a higher level. And absolutely, that's um, that's one of the main things that I like about it too is that it's in. But in difference to the medical approach, which is probably slightly more pathogenic, we in the chiropractic, we have this huge, it can be, but it, you can also have this huge salutogenic um, approach as well, which it just asks a whole range of different questions, like what is the origin of health? And it, 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 it attempts to advance us further and further to the health spectrum until that you, you don't really feel the symptoms and the pain that you get in when you're generally holistically more unhealthy. Yeah. How does it work being a bilingual school then? Are they taught in Spanish or English or both? Um, well, the first year what they do is they put translators in the back of the room. So the translators have their own little box. Uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty funny actually. There's you an awesome well. video on the webpage I was watching this morning. They actually yeah. have a sound booth in the back with professional microphones <laughs> and they're just, do the students have headphones? Yeah, you plug your headphone in, this box is noise isolating, I don't know how they survive in there, there's no oxygen there. <laughs> I think somebody opened up the door and farted in the first year and they... <laughs> <That's>, uh, <laughs> yeah, basically, you can plug it in, you tune into your channel and you listen to them translating live. The, That's incredible. So that, that gives you a year to, to learn Spanish, so yeah. On the website, under their um, their purpose and vision, they have a list of of kind of their goals for the students, and one of them is bilingual to quote support students linguistically so that they become proficient in the school's two official languages before graduating. So whether you originally speak Spanish or English, by the end you're going to be bilingual. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, once you get into the clinic, um, if you're English, you you, sh you better be speaking Spanish or else you're not going to communicate too well with your I'd patients. I imagine so. And, patients um, are local, huh? Yeah. And if you're Spanish, or um, then most of the textbooks are in English. So, yeah, you, you, have, to, you have to put in the effort for the language. But um, I, I think that's a great thing because you do graduate bilingual at the end of the day. So. What's the student body like? Obviously, you're, you're from uh, England and mm. living all around. Uh, I noticed on the video there was a student from Finland and a student from the U.S. And by the way, just go to the, uh, it's bcchiropractic.es, so it's not .com, that's in the U.S., it's .es for España, bcchiropractic.es, and go to the homepage and it'll play a video about the school. It's really a well-done video, about five minutes long. Uh, but I noticed students, a student from Finland, a student from the U.S., of course, some from Spain, what's the student body like? It's it's a complete mix, actually. It's it's hugely diverse. Um, you, I think the thing is that because chiropractic is slightly undeveloped in Spain right now, there's very few students here that are actually Spanish. If there's a lot from, I mean, my roommates here, one is from, one was from Sweden, the other one was Italy. Um, the other one's England, and then in my class we've got a huge mix. It's all over Europe, particularly Scandinavian. There's a lot of, there's quite a lot of Finnish, a lot of, um, there's a couple from Norway now, Sweden, Estonia, 
England, of course. There's a load from Italy as well because there's no chiropractic school in Italy and um, there's quite a few American chiropractors that have moved over there because I guess they like Italy and they keep referring people. So, <laughs> um, But yeah, all over, absolutely all over Europe. And there's also quite a few from America. I think three or four students from America have come. What do you think it is that draws these international students to Barcelona rather than some of the other schools in uh, in Europe? There's, I believe there's another school in, um, is it Madrid? And then there's a couple in the UK. Mm-hmm. Why Barcelona? Well, I think, firstly... Barcelona is Barcelona. I mean, it's it's a it's it's a it's a great city. I mean, if you if you come to visit, you'll really like it. it, it you've got the mountains two three hours away. You can go skiing. You can go up for the weekend ski in the winter and on, in summer. You've got the Mediterranean right next door, so you can surf. You can. I mean, it, it really is. I mean, it's constantly voted one of the top ten tourist cities in the world. So it, it's got just about everything. So that's obviously an attractive fact. And then um, you've got also the added bonus that it's bilingual so that if you have a Swedish student coming down here, I think you would probably be more interested in choosing Barcelona right now because they do offer the English component Mm -hmm. as well as the Spanish. So if you're writing your exam, um, you can choose to write in English or in Spanish and the questions are placed in both languages. Uh, which is which is obviously a benefit for people from other parts of Europe if they don't speak Spanish. Yeah, then, it seems that, I yeah. mean, English is so widely spoken. That's a great option for most people. Mm. Um, yeah. But that's a great point. It is Barcelona. I mean, why would you not? <laughs> My mom was just in Spain. She teaches high school Spanish. And uh, she's, gosh, she's taken students on, on trips traveling to Europe. And this is probably her 15th time or something going to Spain. Mm. Um, so it's a beautiful city and so awesome to see photos that she sent back. Yeah. The school, again, was was established um, kind of a coordination between a couple of other universities in the area. Do you have your own campus and your own buildings? Yeah. <laughs> well, the campus is, we have, it's, really in the center so you're in the middle of Barcelona it's it's in Pompeo Fabra so we use Pompeo Fabra's facilities in the university which means that we have we're, we're in with those other students but we have our own floor our own level per se and then we have their library which is often where the students go to study which is down on the beach which is nice, but in the summer you see everybody going past onto the beach, you know, with volleyballs and you're there studying. <laughs> and then we have the clinic, which is up in the mountains. Well, not the mountains, but just slightly above Barcelona. It's still in Barcelona, but it's just a different area. I don't know my geography too well. Are, are you near the Pyrenees? Which mountain range is this? Oh, wait. Um, the Pyrenees is where you could go skiing in the winter, yeah. Okay. But uh, there's just little hills around Barcelona as okay. well where, where the clinic, outpatient clinic is. Fabulous. I, I only know about the Pyrenees because I'm a runner and a fan of Kylian Jornet. If you know okay. who he is, he, he tra- traversed the Pyrenees. I've, yeah, I've heard of him. He long distance. Yeah. Incredible. <laughs> so you, you use some other facilities. And I was at 
quite surprised. Uh, a new university practice school. Expecting you know, you're putting things together and not be fully developed. But again, the photos and the video online show that the school is really well uh, put together. There's, I mean, it just looks all the classrooms. You've got all the tables, the equipment, everything that you would expect. So yeah. how how long is the program? Um, well, the program's five years, and you you get a master's of chiropractic at the end of it, awarded from the Pompeo Fabra University. So five years. So a little bit different from the states. Yeah, it's a little. Bit, well, it seems norm for national. Down in Australia, it's five years, and you get the master. Uh, mm -hmm. Do you? Is, does that include the undergraduate, or do you have to have prerequisites going into the five-year program? Um, no, you. there are students that um, can come straight out of high school and go into the curriculum, yeah. You, there are certain prerequisites that you may need. If you don't have them, you can take this uh, prerequisite course right before you start the five years, which is a few months, uh, just a couple of months, just to get you updated on the sciences particularly. And what is the, what's the legal state of chiropractic right now in Spain? Uh, so, yeah, well, in Spain, you have, um, I'm, I'm not sure if this is like this in English, but you, in English, you have legal and illegal. In Spain, they've put in, in Spanish, they've put in another word. So you've got legal, illegal, and illegal. Illegal. Illegal, <laughs> which I... It's not against the law, but there's no laws governing it? Basically, yeah. it basically means that they're sort of turning a blind eye to it right now and okay. just pretending, I am, yeah. So, um, <laughs> it sounds very similar to what's going on in Brazil right now. So in Brazil, there's no licensure. You can practice without a license. Um, but I, it sounds like there's kind of a bit of a gray zone where you might get in trouble if you're doing things that are out of your scope of practice. Is there an established scope of practice? Is there a hierarchic organization in Spain that, that guides you? There's an organization. There's the AEQ, which is the Spanish association here. Um, but there's no defined scope of practice as of yet in Spain. So um, it, it is. it can be a little bit disturbing in a certain sense because technically anybody can practice chiropractic and and you can't stop them if i if i uh, wanted to open up a chiropractic clinic i could technically so um that is a slight problem and that's why spain is pushing to get more regulation and laws but once again it's something that is very new here and it is something that the public is very interested in it. So I think that will come as more and more people and chiropractors grow in the region. There's an article that I got uh, that I, I believe had to do with the the World Congress for Chiropractic Students, which we'll talk about in a moment. Um, but it's, I think the title is La Chiropractica Se Reinvindica. My Spanish is really rusty. I always want to pronounce it in Portuguese, which I think is chiropractic... Uh, Revindicated, or I, I've lost the translation here. I had it translated, reclaimed, um, and it's it's a discussion of the president of the Spanish Chiropractic Association, the AEQ, talking about the need for regulation that it protects 
the chiropractor as well as the patients. Is is regulation a positive thing, or is there benefit to being to having that freedom to practice however you want? There's definitely a benefit to having the freedom. Well, this is again my opinion, but um, for example, I know there's it, it can make it a lot easier just to come over here and get set up and started and. But then, of course, there's a flip side to the coin, and that means that anybody can do that. And um, we, I do know a couple of people who practice in this area who give adjustments, and they're not they're not chiropractors, and they didn't do the course, and they didn't they don't, and they're, at the end of the day, they're putting the patients and their practice members at harm's risk, you know. So there's that. That's definitely the downside as well. Yeah. You also are involved in the WCCS, which we've mentioned on the show uh, in previous episodes. And recently there was the annual meeting in Malaga, Spain. How did that go? Uh, that was that was an experience and a half. Um, <laughs> well, I, I originally became member of the World Chiropractic Congress of Students in, um, I think it was 2012 in Australia, a couple of years ago. So we flew over to Australia. We spent the week there talking about chiropractic. It was just a mind-blowing experience because you're with all these passionate chiropractic students that really get what chiropractic is about and really want the best for it. So um, it really changed my view on chiropractic. And one of the things that happened in Australia was that we put in a bid to host um, to host the Congress this year in Malaga. So that was a couple of years ago. Then in between that, we also went to Durban and went to the WFC and also the Chiropractic Congress was there. And then this year, we finally hosted it in Malaga and it was, it was a big event. It was a great turnout. We had a, 138 students at the end from all around the world about 20 22 or more different schools as well so it's a it's a fantastic event you it's you get it's a great way to if if any new students are wanting to get more involved in chiropractic and see the different ideas and that people have and the different places that people come from that's one of the best things you can do without a doubt and that's exactly what I'm trying to do. I, I hadn't known about the WCCS before. Mm. So it's great to hear that students from all the schools are getting together and and talking about what they share in common. Just glancing at the WCCS page, uh, it looks about maybe half of the schools in the U.S. are members. And you have to apply to get your school to be a member of the organization. Is that correct? That's right. So um, you when you apply, you... The, the U.S., yeah, you do. You apply, you pay a, a membership fee. This, it's about a 1000 a year for the schools. And then from there, then you have to raise the money to get your students to the annual congresses. So, but, yeah. <laughs> what is that fundraising like? I'm right, actually, this week I'm headed to Miami for a conference. <laughs> I, got, I got a scholarship for the, the attendance fee, but to fly there... It's so expensive, and you're talking about going to Durban, going to Australia. How do you raise these funds? Well, it's actually much easier than you think because what what you've got to remember is that um, chiropractors are hugely invested in giving back to their profession, as far as I can see. 
So um, they really want the best for the profession and they realize that the younger generations that are coming up and they're motivated to do these things, then they really want to back you. So as far as I can see, it's, it's not been that difficult for us. For example, Australia, we sent uh, five people to Australia, which is a quite a chunk of money if you consider that you have to pay the inscription fee as well. But we, we managed to raise about nine $9,000 that year. I mean, a lot of it was just through speeches. We did some speeches to local chiropractors and in conventions, and it worked out well like that. Did a That's couple of fundraising barbecues. Really, yeah, it sounds like you're really reaching out and coming up with great ideas. I hadn't, I hadn't thought of going to chiropractors directly. I, I'm using an online crowdsourcing campaign, mm-hmm. you know, which is very common. Uh, from the other students here in the states that go to, you know, adjusting seminars and uh, SACA, which is the American Chiropractic Association. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but that's great that chiropractors are willing to contribute back and help the students progress. Yeah, yeah, it is. It looks like the uh, the WCCS has already planned their annual meeting for next year, and that's going to be in the states. Yeah, um, yeah, that's that's a, that's going to be a great conference. Obviously, it's in Life University. It's the guy hosting it is Mike Kollerback. He's a good friend of mine. So, um, yeah, he was I going to be on the show a few a uh, couple months back, but I think oh, really? something yeah something uh, came up for him, and uh, I'm trying to remember was it Mike or yeah I think Mike had to cancel at the last minute, so we had uh, Dan Atkin on from Life. So yeah, he's, he's involved in WCCS as well. Excellent. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, this um, last summer I was in the U.S. I went over there. I really wanted to do some of the chiropractic seminars that you guys have over there. So, um, And I, I went to Atlanta and I stayed with Mike for a good few days and he showed me around the university. So that was a good experience. What yeah, did you think I, of Life University? It sounds like a gorgeous campus. Oh, it's, uh, it's a great campus. The campus, you can't... You can't compare much to the campus. I mean, it's got that space. It's out in the out in the country, so they can they can really play around with things over there. <laughs> Which uh, obviously in here is you can't do that as much because you're in the center of the city. So, <clears throat> if students want to attend WCCS coming up in Atlanta for, in uh, 2015, uh, where do they start if their school is not a member? Okay, so the first thing they need to do is they need to they need to contact the WCCS. I think the best way for them to do that is to contact one of the board members, which is um, if you if you go onto the web, you can see that on the website. You'll see board members, and then you'll see the contacts. You've got the emails there, and um, then from there we'll go ahead and we'll um, send you different information and files and documents and we'll get that out to you. Often what we do as well with new schools um, is that we we set up a mentoring committee as well, a mentorship program. So we get one school to help out the other school actively and they'll show them that how they've done it and the details about it all. Right now um, we're trying to do that with the Swiss school. And That's awesome. I contacted... Uh, I don't remember who it was now. It looks like you're one of the board members, vice president. Yeah. And uh, I got the information that there's a presentation that you have to do 
at one of the annual meetings before your school is officially accepted? What does that entail? Yeah, well, that's just, I think that's more so that the, when, when you go to the Congress, you need to be voted in as well. So this presentation is to give a little bit of background from the school, what the program is, what you study, what it entails, a little bit about the clinic. And that's just for the other members of the Congress to get a little bit of an idea about the school so they can decide whether that they would like them to be a part of this or, or not. <clears throat> awesome. Well, thanks for sharing so, uh, more about the WCCS. It sounds like a great group of people to be involved with, and I'm glad they're coming a little closer next year. Maybe yeah. Maybe able to join in. Why didn't you join for Weston? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I, I, like I said, I, I tried to get that rolling. Um, <laughs> the uh, student body is notoriously hard to get things off. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but but yeah, we're I'm looking into it. I'm working on it. We need to get in touch with the ASB president at my sure. school. Um, let's let's begin to wrap it up. This has been really cool chatting with you. I ask everyone to be a little to be pretty honest and tell me if there's one thing you could change about Barcelona College of Chiropractic, what would that be? If there's one thing I could change, um, I'd say the organization right now because it's a it's still a young school and we've got timetables flying around a little bit things uh, things haven't fully set in right now so there is a schedule but things are still mobile mobile mm. <laughs> so that's what I would change yeah. so it's still getting established yeah all right let's move on to our tick picks you've got um a great pick to share with the students, something looking towards the future. Yeah, so I guess my tick pick is the the IAF report, which is the 2025 report. I'm not sure if you've got it over there. Yeah, I'll pull it up right now on the screen if, if you're watching the video. So this is a, a an Institute for Alternative Futures and they look at the, well, the future, what the future holds for chiropractic. What did you gain from this? Well, it's, it's just, uh, this is a report done by uh, the futurists and they, it's the same futurists that have done many of the Fortune 500 companies and they really, they've dedicated a lot of time to this and they've predicted the different scenarios and paths that chiropractic can take and as, an, as a, uh, as a um, profession, what we need to be able to do and where we where we should go, basically. And it's it's a very interesting read as like as much for students as for chiropractors as for prospective students who are thinking about coming into the profession. And it addresses something that's mentioned a lot is this this infighting within chiropractic, the philosophy versus the science. And it, it looks like they come up with three scenarios for or four scenarios for the future. Mm -hmm. um, where you kind of they kind of move along that spectrum, that that continuum of okay, what what's it going to look like if we go the vitalistic route and we kind of shun a, the medical um, the medical paradigm, or what would it be like if we try to to join up with the medical paradigm and progress chiropractic in that way, and then a couple of options in between, and it's it's quite a long 
um, document. It's about <laughs> 80, 80 or so pages with references, and there's a lot of references. I myself have not read through this, but I've downloaded it and uh, kind of glanced. So really interesting to look forward uh, to what chiropractic might be like in 2025. What, what is your feeling? How is chiropractic going to progress? Um, oh, I mean, if, it's a tough call. If, if I knew that, I'd be. But um, <clears throat> in this report, I definitely hope it wouldn't be scenario one or two, which is looks a little bit more dismal. But um, I would really like, for me personally, I think I value the whole vitalistic, vitalistic aspect that chiropractic can bring to the healthcare. Um, so um, for me, I would, I hope scenario four, and I think scenario three and four would be the most likely uh, from what I remember reading in that report. Awesome. <laughs> well, speaking of <laughs> kind of the science versus philosophy, my tick pick, uh, maybe not directly related to that idea, but is, a new TV show, fairly new, that's come out, and I'm not sure if you've heard of this. It's called Cosmos. And back in the 70s, this was a TV show that, that kind of popularized science on a public broadcasting station. But now it's come out, and it's on cable channels. It's on primetime uh, here in the States. And it's being broadcast across the, the world via National Geographic channel. So I think it's in uh, hundred something countries in forty different languages. It's hosted by an astrophysicist named Neil deGrasse Tyson, and the reason I'm picking this is because Neil deGrasse Tyson met the the original host of Cosmos, Carl Sagan, who's a well-known uh, scientist, and Neil deGrasse Tyson was looking to go into to uh, a field for astrophysics, trying to choose his school, whether it was Cornell or Harvard, or you know, he was a, a very intelligent high school student. <laughs> and Carl Sagan invited him to the campus to decide whether that school was the right one for him. And in the first episode of Cosmos, Neil deGrasse Tyson tells this story, and it really struck a chord with me because it's, it's what I'm trying to get across with exploring chiropractic. Yeah is that there isn't a school, the best chiropractic school out there, but that it's what school is right for each student. And I recently got, uh, got a message from a previous guest on the show who transferred from University of Western States to Life West. And she mentioned to me, you know what? There really isn't a, a great school. There are things that I didn't like about Western States, and now I'm at Life West, and there's things that I'm not really excited about here, although there's things that I love about both. So I think uh, that story of, of Neil going and having this, this popular man, this incredible scientist and this TV show host later on, bring him to the school and say, hey, this is what we do. Decide whether it's right for you was really empowering to him. And he actually didn't choose Cornell. He didn't choose the school that mm -hmm. Carl Sagan uh, was taking him to and visiting. He chose Harvard for his undergraduate. So uh, really, it's all about what's what's the best school for you. And I think you did a great job sharing Barcelona on this episode. And I'm so glad that you uh, that you contacted me and shared this. Yeah. Well, thank you. I really appreciate what you're doing here as well with this whole 
transparency on the school thing. It's, it seems really a useful project. Yeah, I, I really hope so. And um, for those listening to the podcast afterwards, we're, I, I'm, I am kind of branching out because there's so many things in chiropractic that I'm excited about that don't directly relate to the schools. And so I've started interviewing chiropractors and even a medical doctor uh, and talking with students about stuff other than their school. So those are going to be some special episodes coming out in the feed uh, later on. In fact, a couple of them may have come out before this episode does. I'm trying to organize the order of these things. Um, but Max Greger, thank you so much. Thank you for talking about Barcelona. Thank you for talking about uh, WCCS and sharing everything about chiropractic throughout the world. Thank you very much. And that's it with Barcelona College of Chiropractic. If you'd like to learn more about the school, visit bcchiropractic.es and you have the option of reading the website in English or in Spanish. Also check out wccsworldwide.org and find Exploring Chiropractic on Facebook, Twitter, and on YouTube where you can watch the video interview with, uh, with Max Greger. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. <laughs>